I can be what it says I can be, and I will have what it says I can have. Today, my heart is receptive, my ears are open, my mind is engaged, and I better not go to sleep. I'll receive this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I just give you thanks this morning for your word. Wear me like a glove this morning that you would be the substance of what is said and done. That people would hear your voice in the undertones of what I say. Lord, speak to each heart. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say, Amen. You may be seated. And as you do, please turn to the book of Acts chapter 2. I'm not continuing the series that uh, Pastor Eben is doing this morning. I'm going to speak to you about the principles of true fellowship. The principles of true fellowship. As you turn to Acts chapter 2, I want to let you know that next week is Sign Up Sunday. And Sign Up Sunday really is a sign up for fellowship. It's a day when everyone who is not in a true group gets an opportunity to connect with other believers in small groups. But one of the things I've recognized is that many times people don't play the importance of small groups and don't play the importance of fellowship, mainly because they don't have a biblical understanding of what fellowship is. In other words, sometimes people will say to you, hey, where do you fellowship and what do they mean? Which church do you go to? Amen? Amen. You may not even be fellowshipping there, but you're going there, they think. Or how about this one? After church, we'll have a time of fellowship. What that means is we're going to have refreshments on, uh, out there. Am I right? And so the, the whole idea of fellowship is kind of messed up with people. And then churches uh, reinforce this misunderstanding by making fellowship the least of the spiritual things that we do in church. In other words, they, they, they kind of don't play fellowship as less important than evangelism or, or discipleship or worship. Hmm. But fellowship in a biblical sense, is one of the most important things that we can do as Christians. And as we are pushing true groups, I want you to understand that the reason we're pushing it is because fellowship sometimes gets lost in the cracks of our Christian lives. One of the main purposes of true group is to facilitate the need for true Christian fellowship. And fellowship is crucial for any church that desires to grow. Do you know the number one reason why people usually return to a church? Is because of the warmth of the people they encountered when they got there. Yeah, right. Am I right? Yeah. How many of you, when you first came here, you were impressed by how people just treated you? Like you just felt good. Hey, look at that. You know why? Because of fellowship. You don't get that warmth unless you fellowship. You know what? The number one reason why people leave a church is not because of the worship. is not because of the preaching. They leave because they have no friends. And they feel that no one's going to mi mi miss them. You've heard that. They get a call. Someone says, hey, I didn't see you in church. You, you missed me? What's, that? What's, what's the problem? It's a fellowship issue. And so, as we look at this issue of fellowship, we need to understand that this is crucial to our lives. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. The Bible says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine 
and what? Fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now watch this. It happened because of a couple of things. One, the apostles' word, which is like the word from what's happening here, but with fellowship. The apostles' word and fellowship. It's a two-part approach to church. Let's read on. Now all who believed and were together had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as any had need. So, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from where? From where? From house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Once again, it's the temple and it's the house. It's the temple and it's the house. How many of you know that the loneliest place on earth can be in a crowd? I'm telling you, you can come here every Sunday and still feel like you're all alone. And so these guys recognize it's not going to happen if it's just the temples alone. But they also knew that you needed the temple because that's where Peter was going to preach. And Peter couldn't preach in every house. So you needed the temple. But you also needed fellowship. House to house. It's a fellowship. True fellowship is sharing yourself. Uh, The word fellowship is the word koinonia. Uh, that's the Greek word, K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. It, it means an intimate sharing of yourself with another person. Now I'm going to show you where that word is repeated a couple of times. Flip over to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. And we're going to look at verse 26. Because when it comes to fellowship, fellowship isn't simply hanging out together Watching the game. Amen. You know, sometimes, they're, they're, they're sometimes people, you know, they're, they're playing together, you know, they're on a baseball team together, and, you know, the church gets together, we say, okay, we're going to play baseball, and one person on first base, and one person is in the outfield, and when they're finished playing, they hey, man, we had some good fellowship today. And they didn't even talk to each other. You know what I'm saying? Watch this. Romans chapter 15, verse 26. For it pleased those from Macedonia and from Achaia to make a certain contribution to the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. The word contribution is the word koinonia. Oh, that's interesting. Because that's talking about giving. That's talking about money. They're making a contribution to those who are poor. They're koinonia-ing them. That's interesting. Here's another one. Turn over to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. This one's a little more obvious. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to pull it all together. Oh, I'm in 1 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And they use this this scripture a lot for marriage. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. Do the unequally yoked together. No, sorry. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what koinonia 
has righteousness with lawlessness. Alright. So we got two things now. We got the contribution. We've got what, what, if you even look at that, what contribution does light and dark have together? What fellowship does light and dark have together? What, here's the third one. Watch this. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Flip back. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 16. The cup of blessing which we bless, which we just had a while ago, is it not the koinonia of the blood of Christ? Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The three ways that word gets translated. Fellowship, contribution, and communion. Now watch this. Is it not the fellowship of the blood of Christ? Is it not the contribution of the blood of Christ? Are you hearing this? A communion is a symbol of sacrifice. And so when we talk about koinonia, what we're saying is, you have to sacrifice self in order to become intimate with someone else. That's true fellowship. Are, are you getting this? In other words, God wanted to be intimate with us, and the only way He could do it was if He koinoniaed His Son. Oh, come on now. I want you to work with me here. Because what he was doing is this. I want to get close to you, but the only way I can do it is I have to give up something of me in order to become intimate with you. Are you getting me? So koinonia isn't hanging out at the ball game. Koinonia is saying, I have to kill something in me that something alive between us can come up. Can I tell you something? A lot of marriage problems is a fellowship problem. Because somebody isn't willing to kill something in... Oh, come on, church. Are you hearing me this morning? And so if we're going to kill something in us, that something between us can come alive, that's true fellowship. We can't have true fellowship if we decide we're going to do it conveniently. Convenience is never a sign of true fellowship. True fellowship always costs somebody something. Hallelujah. You know, in the Old Testament, there was hardly any use of that word fellowship except for one place. A fellowship offering. And watch this. The fellowship offering was an offering of choice that you gave to God. Now watch this. It was also called a peace offering. Do you know what they do with peace offerings? When two people or two tribes or two nations are having a problem and they need to have a peace offering... What do they do? They usually bring something of value and say, here you go. Can we now be at peace? Are you with me? It's the same concept. If I am going to be intimate with you, I've got to give something up. And so, so fellowship is the sacrificial giving of yourself to become intimate with someone else. Uh, I had a friend uh, this week send me uh, a text or a, a message that he was developing about press, about pressing. And one of the, um, one of the, the, the definitions he had for the word press was to exert oneself. And I like that. I said I wanted to use that in the message today because I believe that fellowship really means to press into each other. 
Are you getting this? That we sacrifice our time, our resources, and our effort in order to press into the other person. To have a deeper relationship with our brothers and sisters. And you can't press into people on Sunday mornings. You may be impressing, but you ain't pressing. That was a good amen. <laughs> That's why we have true. Oh, you get it. That's why we have true groups. Because we know that you can't press properly on Sundays. You really press when you're one and one sitting down saying, Hey, what are you going through? I'm going to pray for you. Let me try and help you. Let me see what I can do. That's the real pressing into each other. And true groups help us manifest the biblical fellowship, that manifests biblical fellowship in our lives. And so true fellowship really, really is something that starts, first of all, with me and God. So it's, it's, it's something that I've got to do. It's going to take some effort, but it starts with me and God. Would you turn over to 1 John chapter 1? First John chapter 1 verse 5. Here's what it says. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. That God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Watch this now, verse 6. Watch this. If we say that we have koinonia with God and walk in darkness, we lie. (laughs) Tell somebody, are you lying? We lie. If we say we have coin in here with God and we walk in darkness, we lie. Watch this, watch this. Uh, uh, and the truth or is not in us or we do not practice the truth. Why does it say we lie? Because fellowship is sacrificially giving yourself to become intimate with another. So if you say that you're in koinonia with God, it means that there's some things that you have sacrificed in order to become intimate with Him. How many of you know that intimacy with God costs you something? Amen. Oh, come on. I'm serious now. It, it will cost you some sleep to get up and pray and read. It will cost you some time. It will cost you some, uh, some rights. Uh, did you know that there are some individual rights you give up when you decide you're going to be a follower of Jesus? Well, I don't feel like loving them. And that's my, you don't have that right no more. You had that right before, but now you don't give up those rights because you want it to be one of his. Are you with me? Well, I think I deserve, I'm going to do the, uh, whoa. You don't have that no more. You have to give up some, uh, how about this? You have to give up some desires that don't line up with his desires. How many of you know that's a sacrifice? How many of you know that you, you put down some things? I mean, I, let me tell you something. As a pastor, I put down Sunday mornings for Jesus. I did. Man, I used to do a whole lot of things on Sunday mornings before I became a Christian. Like sleep. When I became a youth leader, I gave up Friday nights was when I did youth leading. I gave up Friday nights. Friday nights were were my party nights. I gave up all of that. Why? Because in order for me to become intimate, I've got to sacrifice something. It's not going to become easy. Are you hearing me? And so we got to give up something. Sometimes we have to sacrifice our reputation. 
How many of you know that Jesus made himself of no reputation? So who are we to hold on to ours? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Baptism is a sign of fellowship with God. Baptism is that sacrificial act that says, uh, I'm going to sacrifice my comfort to become intimate with God. But also, it represents God's sacrifice for us that He could become intimate with us. Do you realize that God did His part first? And so, the principle is this. We must give up to go up. We must give up to go up. Hey, we must give up to go up. Listen to what verse 7 says. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have koinonia with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. What do you need to give up this morning to become more intimate with God? True fellowship not only starts with me and God, but true fellowship spreads through me to others. Through me to others. If, if you're in fellowship with God, it's natural for you to want to be in fellowship with other believers. God called you not only to believe, but to belong. Believe in Him and belong to one another. The Bible says that each of us are like parts of a body. That the head can't say to the foot, I don't need you. I'm a head. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> have you ever seen a head without a body? Any head that doesn't have a body is a dead head. Am I right? <laughs> and the problem many times is that we have Christians who think they can do it all on their own. Remember that, that show, The Monsters, and they had this hand that used to walk around. You remember that show? Yeah. You know, a lot of us are like dismembered uh, parts of the body trying to do stuff on its own. It don't work. It don't work. It don't work. It don't work. You've got to stay connected. Tell somebody, stay connected. Yeah, you got to stay connected in order to get the blessing. Because for you to fulfill your purpose, you've got to stay connected. Psalm 133, I'm rushing through this part now. Psalm 133 says that, listen, wherever brethren dwell together in unity, God commands His blessing. He commands His blessing. And Jesus even prayed that we would be one, even as he and the Father are one. And then he said this, wherever two or three touch and agree on anything, it shall what? That means he doesn't expect you to just pray alone. Remember when the disciple says, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. What did he say? My Father who art in heaven? No, that's not what he said. He said what? He said what? Our Father. Why does he say Our Father. Because he was trying to teach them, you guys need to be together. This is not about you and God alone. This is not Jesus and me walking out. I don't need nobody else. It's just me. No, that's not what it is. It's you, Jesus, and everybody else that I'm calling you to be in fellowship with. Hallelujah. The New Testament teaches us about what fellowship really means by using the phrase one another. Now, I want to show you some scriptures and I'm going to say the reference and you just read them out. I have some scriptures that just use the phrase one another. Okay? Now, now watch this. If, if you look throughout the Bible, all of these writings have this idea of one another. You can't do one another just by Sundays only. You can't do one another once a week. You can't do one another in a crowd. 
If you're going to do one another, you've got to be close enough to touch another in order to do one another. Amen? Sabrina, do we have that? All right. I'm ready for you. Okay. Well then, <laughs> this, this is the part where I just, uh, I make jokes and um, I just pretend that you don't know what I just said. All right. Here we go. Let's, let's do it. Mark 9.50. Let's say that together. Have peace with one another. John 13.14. Love one another. Romans 12.10. Be affectionate toward one another. Romans 12.10. Be... Romans 14.13. Oh, somebody needs to read that a second time right there. Next. <laughs> Number six. Please edit this tape before Pastor Evan hears it. Romans 15.7. Receive one another. Romans 15.14. Admonish one another. Romans 16.16. Greet one another. Roman, uh, 1 Corinthians 12.25. Care for one another. Galatians 5.13. Serve one another. Oh, I could go on. Oh, here we go. Galatians 6.2. Bear one another's burdens. Ephesians 4.2, forgive one another. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another. Ephesians 5.19, speak in, in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another. Colossians 3.9, do not lie to one another. Colossians 3.13, bear with one another. Colossians 3.16, encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians 4.18, comfort one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, edify one another. Hebrews 10.24, consider one another. James 4.11, do not speak evil of one another. James 5.9, do not grumble against one another. James 5.16, confess your sins to one another. James 5.16, pray for one another. 1 Peter 3, 8, have compassion for one another. Amen. Amen. You're not going to do this on a Sunday morning. Hello? The only time you get an opportunity to do this is in a small group. It's when you really fellowship. And so fellowship, really, is the sacrificial giving of yourself to become intimate with somebody else. You know what? Last thing about fellowship is that it serves others, but it glorifies God. Yeah. Fellowship serves others, but it glorifies God. Jesus said, by this they will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus says, you know what? The world, God, Father, make them one even as you and I are one. That the world will know that I've sent them. What's he saying? He's saying this. That when you guys have true fellowship, it becomes a witness to everyone else who doesn't know Jesus. And they go, I want what you have. Because the world doesn't know true fellowship. And that's what they see in us when we do it right. And so... This morning, all I'm asking you and all I'm th saying to you is if you are not in a small group, you need to be in one. 
If you're a Christian and you're not connected with people on that level, you need to do that. Because everything about your Christian life is dependent on how you fellowship with other people. It's not just about you and God. It's about you and His people. Amen? Can I tell you something? Last thing before I close here. If you said to me, Hey, Pastor, you know what? I like you, but man, I can't, I can't stand your wife. We're going to have problems. Amen? You agree with that? Okay. Let me tell you something. A lot of Christians, that's what they do. They say, Jesus, I love you. But your bride? <laughs> God. Do you think Jesus is going to feel any differently than I feel if you told me that? Man, Jesus, I love you. But man, those Christians. <laughs> so this morning, I want you to get that mindset out of your life and just go, you know what? I need fellowship as much as I need worship, discipleship, evangelism, or anything else that God has called me to do. Amen? Amen. Why don't you bow your heads with me this morning?